This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steve, I guess fall chicken motherfucker. Foot crowd, good head stuff if we fuckle. Galga, fuckle Galga. I guess fuck on the heron. It's Mr. Dark O'Shea. And I have a very special guest for you today, someone I've been dying to have on for ages because I think some of the work that she's been doing promoting the Irish language in so many different spheres has just been amazing. I've actually been trying to get her on since I started the show, and she's finally graced us with her presence Woo-hoo! in the studio. It is, of course, Kieran Hay. Good morning. How are you getting on? Good morning. Good Staying out of trouble? That's not true. That you ha- it's not like you've been constantly <laughs> messaging me, like trying to get me. I, out. <laughs> I'm fairly sure I have. Now. In, in fairness, I didn't live in the country for a year. So this is the thing. You <laughs> you, were, you were recently returned from the United States of America. Mm-hmm. The Sam. <laughs> the Sam. <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia. I was living there for a while. What were you doing in Philadelphia? I was teaching Irish to the Yanks. Is Yanks a slur? I, um, I, I love saying it to Yanks, but if I say it when the Yanks not here, it feels like it's not okay. It's funny because I, I, someone actually did, because I said that, you know, punk on it because uh, was, uh, uh, I, I thought it was interesting that the word for a Yank and the word for a dot, like as in, in an email or, in any, or an email address or a website, were so similar. Mm-hmm. But And then someone did say, you know, Yank is a slur. And I was, there's was only one person though. I think he, he, he gotta have three or four people before he say, okay, yes, maybe this is crossing but a line. I think that's the thing is like when you say it to Americans, you know that they can tell that you're joking and like, and, mm. I, and I had to explain to Americans too. I was like, well, in Ireland, insulting someone is how you tell them you love them. <laughs> like, this is the thing, you big thick. You shrub, you tick. That's my favorite phrase. Yeah. <laughs> so, and was there much interest in Philadelphia in studying the Irish? Yeah, I mean, there was different groups. There would be older people who might, be coming back and learning about their heritage mm. and trying to learn Irish and who had visited the country a few times. So I did kind of some outreach with them. Mm. And then in the university itself, it was just students learning it like they would Spanish or any other language. Um, but they chose Irish usually because either they'd done the other languages in school and they didn't want to do more of yeah. them. And beca- or else they just thought it was interesting or they had a link to Ireland themselves. Stuff because we have a few American listeners to the show who've been in touch and who are studying over there. What do you find they respond well to, American learners of the Irish language? Um, I did I did a good few songs with them and that was fun mm-hmm. um, and I did poems and I think it's nice with any language to feel like you've done a f- like a, something like you've learned an entire thing from the culture rather than just learning off phrases you know? yes um, so actually I was at the AGM of the Conferno Gwelga on club last night and there was a guy there who's from America and he's now on the Krista oh yeah, and he's not even the first guy from America or person from America who's been on the Krista of the club so that's cool that's fantastic he learned Irish 
and then he came in America in Notre Dame and now he then he came to Ireland and did a masters and so mm. yeah some Americans take it the whole way I think normally people think of of Irishness and Philadelphia they think of it's always sunny in Philadelphia and <laughs> all the uh, mayhem in that bar, particular bar I did go to there's a bar that has like murals of there's always sunny on it and stuff like that <laughs> when I was there so uh, one of the things Kira you've, you've done that I, I remember seeing I think this is absolutely brilliant and I wish I was this good is What the Fuckle on YouTube What the Fuckle <laughs> Tell us about what the fuckle. What the fuckle? Um, it is a series I started. Uh, I've been thinking about it for a while because I will, I'll explain myself and my existence now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm from Ireland. I'm from Dublin, and my um parents, although they're not negative towards Irish, like they're positive toward the language. They don't speak it. I didn't grow up with Irish at all. Mm. I didn't go to any. I didn't have any schooling through Irish. Yeah. Um, and then when I was about eighteen, and I was going to pick either medicine or law or something in college, I realized. If I don't study Irish, I'll never actually use it because I'd yeah. seen this happening to people. And I, the reason I had some Irish is because I'd gone to the Gaeltacht um, mm. in the summers. So I um, studied Irish and... Wait, why am I telling the story again? You're telling, <laughs> you're telling the story to get to, get to the, how we get to what the fuck. How we get to what the fuck. Yes. So no one in my family knows about Irish. So it's really funny because then as I went on in my life and then I was doing all these things and learning more about the language. First of all, it was new to me because yeah. I was this like fish out of water. I was kind of like Harry Potter going into Hogwarts. You know, everything was oh, yeah. new to me. I was like, what's mm. going on? Um, and then when I would like relay this information to my family, my sister would be like, that's mad. I never knew that. I wish you could record this so I could give it to my friends, this mm. kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, no, I could never do that. And then eventually I said, actually, you know what? I think I might do that. So then I said, I'd set up what the fuck um, and make some videos explaining stuff about Irish that no one ever told me and that I had to discover the hard way. Mm -hmm. This is What The Fuckle, where I answer your questions about the Irish language. I was texting the other day and a friend of mine who doesn't speak Irish looked over my shoulder and realised that I was using shorthand and text speak in Irish um, and she didn't realise that existed in Irish. But of course it does, because no matter what language you're texting in, you want to make it as short as possible because texting is a pain in the hope. Probably the most commonly used abbreviation that I use is G or M A. Can you guess what that means? It's Gurev Mahagat. Thank you. Was the what the fuck your first venture into Irish language, social media activities? Um, I think it all kind of happened a bit accidental. Um, I started off just having a Twitter page mm -hmm. and um, being involved in that amazing community of people online. Shout out to everyone who's on Twitter and um, who engages with each other on a regular basis. It's just lovely to have that in your pocket every day. Um, and yeah, I guess I, that was my first kind of involvement and I had a blog. So I was studying Scots Gaelic when I was in um, college mm. and I thought, I just wanted to talk about the links between the two languages, Scots Gaelic and Irish. Um, so I kind of started a blog about that and my blog just kind of kept going. It's kind of like a personal diary now of yeah. all the different things I'm doing. Um, and because I was doing that, I guess you get comfortable with publishing things. And I said I do videos, but it's totally different doing videos. Yes. Because it's your face. <laughs> <laughs> and you just have mm. to just be like scarlet for me but it's out there now and once I'd done the first one it was fun this is the thing because we've, uh, we've been hoping to do one one or two particular video episodes specifically with regards to talking about sign language which we can't oh. really talk about just in a purely audio basis mm -hmm. but obviously when I can come into the studio and say for it just happens today I'm wearing my nice shirt and I had a haircut and that's great but not always you're looking well <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> whereas I mean say sometimes I can I can record and no one knows what I look like or how or how hungover I am yeah. or anything like that so. I want to tell everyone that I'm wearing makeup so <laughs> 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 when you're imagining me imagine me wearing makeup right now 
Good stuff. <laughs> and so what's the response been like on, on those on the, what the fuck videos? It's been really good, yeah. Like it's, it wouldn't be like I'd put them out and be like, how many views does it have? It'd be mm. more like, am I helping people kind of? Yeah. Um, and, but there are, like some of them do have a good few views, especially I think it's like explaining Irish surnames, which obviously baffles people. Mm. Um, and then I just actually am going to upload one today about Luganamnacha, so place names. Oh, yes. Which ended up being like 20 minutes long, so it's going to be three different videos. It's hard um, to stop talking when you get into like place names, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And my dogs kept coming in during the video, so I had, <laughs> they were like <laughs> sniffing around. Um, yeah, so it's been really good. And even at the Arachtis, um, I was like just at Club Nefela, that at the like big dancing part on Saturday night. And someone came over and said that it was his first time at the Arachtis. And before he went, he looked up Arachtis Nagoya on Arachtis and Sauna on YouTube and found my video and watched it. And then he saw me there and he told me, and I was like, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. Because when mm. I was younger and I was going to the Arachtis, I didn't know what it was. So yeah. at least someone is kind of helping people. Is there some confusion for the fact that Arachtis has the same name as the Houses it's, of Parliament? Yes. Yeah. People are like, oh, you're going to lovely. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were on holidays for again. <laughs> so then um, obviously in addition to doing these videos tell us about your poetry you perform I do poetry in Irish and in English yeah in both languages I do um, I write kind of performance poetry and I publish things as well so if some people um, kind of might favour one or the other I just do whatever <laughs> do both <laughs> um, yeah but I do really like video poems because I kind of think in this day and age how many people sit down with a book and open it and read through poetry I'm, I know there are people who do it yeah. but I do think it's there are more people or maybe just different kinds of people who would watch a video of a poem and I think I naturally might be one of those people mm-hmm. who'd watch the video digital native kind of um, and I obviously read poems as well and I have this hashtag Filiachtnamart where mm-hmm. I try and get people to take pictures of poems or take yeah. them from wherever they exist in this far reaches on the internet and share them with the hashtag Filiachtnamart um, is trying to make a little pun Filioch Namard on Filioch Namard which is the poetry of the bards kind of Yeah. Um, but it's poetry of a Tuesday so just every Tuesday to give people a reason to post poems mm-hmm. um, but you're asking about REC uh, REC or E-I-C is a bilingual spoken word night that I set up a few years ago um, and it's been going on about every month not every month though hopefully it's supposed mm-hmm. to go on every month and it doesn't happen because it's just me organising it mm-hmm. um, but we I brought it to like um, different festivals like Body and Soul Electric Picnic mm-hmm. um, like, and around the country to like Derry Galway loads of different places and with the Irish Writers Centre and yeah we've had a really good time Why'd you call it REC? I called it REC I had different criteria for mm-hmm. naming so if you name something in Irish with a father Yes People are going to leave out the father. Yes, and then that's going to happen. <laughs> this is this is something I found, and it's the the father thing has been has become an even bigger issue in the age of social media, technology, and the internet. And that sometimes is the father kind of case sensitive or not? Can you, sticking fathers in emails, sticking fathers in websites, people trying to look up folklore.ie and just wondering if should they put a father in the O or not, and if they find it without, does that not defeat the whole purpose? Mm-hmm. And it can create. So I think. Yes, I can see the logic for a fatherless... Um... I was like, I can't control the fathers in my name. None yes. of us can, and they mm. exist, but I can control it in the name of this, <laughs> this yes. venture. So my first thing was mm. no father. My second thing was a short name, mm. because I didn't want people to be like... You know, when people have... When there's Irish words that people don't know, they just kind of drift off. That they're like, So say, like, there's Cunra na yeah. but then there's like, Cumann na and there's all these different things, and people don't know, and they're like, cool. 
Yeah, they just don't even know yeah. what to say. So I was like, I want it to be short and I want it to be something that people can say easily. So it's not going to be a hard word to say like smurge. <laughs> like oh, you never yeah. say that word. <laughs> yeah. So I picked Wreck or mm-hmm. EIC, um, which I took from a Scots Gaelic poem um, by Sorla McLan. He had a poem called Wreck Anima. So it meant the dealing or the selling of a soul. But Wreck mm. is like if someone's out in the streets, like Moore Street, like selling mm. something and shouting it out. Yeah. That's Wreck. It comes from the same root as the English word recite. Oh. So I liked that I could explain it then to English speakers really easily. There, there we are. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah, there you go. And wreck, it sounds like wreck in English, mm-hmm. which I love because people who, there are people who think that Irish is like dead, like a shipwreck. Mm-hmm. And the night kind of proves the opposite. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's, that's just fantastic. That's, that, there's a lot going on. It's almost like a one word poem. It's, <laughs> I like that, that mm-hmm. opinion. <laughs> I might have might have created some of that after the fact, but anyway, it sounds good. This happens all the time. I think when, when sometimes when somebody realizes oh that there was um I think yeah, there was a review of, of one of the books and they, they they kind of identified a clever pun that I didn't realize I made. I thought yeah I'll run with that. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently motherfucker sounds like a rude word in English. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do with that? <laughs> and the, the great thing about an, events like Wreck is that people maybe who don't feel very confident in their Irish can come along and 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 try it out and realize it's not that bad. It's not that it's not that scary. Mm-hmm. And so these events are very critical. I love that about Wreck. I like get at the start of the night because it's an open mic. Yeah. Usually people sign up beforehand, but then. Um, there'll be people who come along and they're on the fence and at the start I'm like everyone you're all welcome and you can come and people don't put up their hands and then after mm. a few poems they do so they feel okay everyone here is nice everyone here is welcoming and they're not going to judge me because I left out a shavu, you know <laughs> yeah. and I love seeing that progression and then people come back the next night and they do more so it's great mm-hmm. yeah Pater told me one recently was like verde curp make that body work 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 who is comes that? He wrote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was, I think I think he, he was telling someone else had written. Oh, it. I'm yeah. trying to remember who it, it was. Might have been Stefano Brian. Yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing that on Twitter. <laughs> it's classic. You know, this is a thing. Oh no, it was Larry Cassidy. Larry yes, Cassidy. It was Larry Cassidy. Excellent. Well, oh, full prop set to Larry Cassidy. <laughs> there, we we will not take credit for your work, Laura. Fair play, Lauren. She's great. She's done a lot at Rec. Actually, she did um, a Rec poem for me. So I did. I got some funding from the Irish Writers Centre um, at the start of the summer, and. I got the tiniest little bit of money and like St. Bridget, I spread it out like a cloak <laughs> and I made four poetry videos. Um, so I got Sean T. O'Malley, uh, the actor and... Oh yes, Fra- from um, from the, the Western. Uh, from yeah, Clon Klondike. Cl- Klondike. Yeah. Klondike, yes. He was, um, oh, he's a fantastic actor and he's amazing with the camera as well. So mm-hmm. he's kind of picked up both sides of the camera. He's got skills. Um, and so he was shooting and directing and like envisaging all these poems. Four different ones. So I did one. Um, Seamus Barrow Sullivan did one. Leach, um, Oskiri. Um, who else? Lauren Cassida and Owen Pio Murchu. Mm-hmm. And they're going to start coming out. They're going to be out before the end of the year. So they'll come out probably one week before the end of the year now. Um, I guess Tommy or Beach. Fantastic. Where can people find those? They will be on Irish Writer Centre YouTube. Yeah. Christoph, don't mess up. Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. I'm Sarah Griffin. And I'm Alan Tonnen. And we are the three hosts of Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to interesting people about the bits of pop culture that were important to them when they were young. We've talked to Sarah Quinn about Madonna. We've talked to Auntie Donahue about Star Wars. And we've talked to Sinead Burke about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And that's just three of the 60 plus episodes we have on the Heads Up Podcast Network. So if you remember things from your childhood and want to talk about them, we're here. Deep chats with sound people about wonderful things from their childhood. That's what we do here. So give us a listen. Bye, everybody. See you now. Bye. 
And now um, there's something that I guess that comes up all the time and anyone who has an interest in the Irish language will notice. And this is something that um, Pater and Nusker have told me was one of the genesis of uh, public Celtic was just seeing um, idiotically ill-informed articles about Irish language speakers, the community, the, the, the alleged gravy chain. And this was something that they kicked them off. And then a hashtag that which you are responsible for the kicked off more recently, which is Neil Shakyarkalor. Mm-hmm. We've got to talk about this because this is something that I think a lot of people felt so deeply about. When when I was writing Mother Folklore, I uh, made a connection between Peg Sayers and Alanis Morissette, <laughs> partly because of the unfair vilification and the and the pedantic criticism, but also because that the jagged little pill came out at the same time as Peg Sayers came off the Leaving Sir curriculum, and it's that long ago. I mean, and. Mm. And yet people still, um, of many newspapers, will still stick a picture of Peg in next to an article about the Irish language. And, so lazy. you know, it's, it's like, I mean, you wouldn't put a, I mean, if you wouldn't write an article about, about the premiership and put a picture of Paul Gasgoyne next to it, you know, that's a long <laughs> yeah, time ago. Yeah, yeah. It's mad, yeah. So I, um, at the start of the year, it's Blian the Gwelga. And mm-hmm. I was in, um, where was I? I was away. I was looking at my Twitter and I was seeing all of you. Mm-hmm. valiantly fighting against <laughs> the ignorance of people being allowed to go on the radio and say things that aren't true mm-hmm. about the precious Irish language and um, that we love so much. Um, and I was just thinking, this wouldn't happen with any other language. Mm-hmm. Like, when, you know, when you're reading a book and there's like two sentences of Irish in it and they're wrong. Yeah. And you're just like, what? Did you not think, if I was writing a book with two sentences of German in it, I would get someone who speaks German to check it. Mm-hmm. Or like that when they had a, um, that plaque going up in the Glasnevin Cemetery and Irie Mock was spelled wrong. It, there was a father on like, or there was a father missing or something mm-hmm. or in the wrong letter. And it was just like, if you got one Irish person, speaker, to look at that, they could have told you. Mm-hmm. If you got two, even better. Yes. But like, it's such a basic word and it's clear that they didn't even care. And like, that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So then it was happening a lot in the media because it's Blina Guelga. They're all having these kind of like tabled programs and discussions about the Irish language. So I just said like, if you, can we repeat some of the things that you hear about Irish, but just replace the word Irish with the name of another language yeah. and see how ridiculous it sounds. And like some of the things people were saying was like, do you have to give me your name in Polish or can I, you not do it in English? Yeah. Or like um, some Spanish, oh, I, some Spanish speakers are nice, but other ones go overboard and want to speak Spanish all the time. <laughs> they ruin it for everyone. Like, it's so crazy. Mm. And I know obviously Irish is a minority language and it's a different situation, but it's still a language. You know, mm. it's still a language. So the things you're saying and the lack of respect you're showing for the language is not okay. And that's why it's hashtag Nielsche Karkalor. This is Nielsche Karkalor. Um, a friend of mine was talking about how he entered a, sh- a short story into a into a competition and he had, had he just had a, a bit when a, um, two, he had two Polish characters in it and one of them just referred to... Um, the female character as a whore. Mm-hmm. He wanted to use the Polish word first, but you've gone to Google Translate and it was who are. It was the the, the word, the, the Polish expression for who are. Yeah. As in just, yeah, which would have been abbreviated to, to WHO apostrophe. And yes, it was very, very wrong. And everyone thought, oh, this is a great grand little story until, yes, someone said, actually, I speak Polish and gee, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. And, you know, it just it only took a minute. But um, yeah. I've seen I've seen similar see, expressions used of Irish words thrown into other stories and the person like it, it's it's okay to feel embarrassed when you make a mistake it's okay to make a mistake and learn from it mm. it's even better to check first yeah but that's the thing it's like i suppose if you're if you're using an irish word in a story like the thing about irish speakers generally is that 
they like that yeah. you know that's nice and like whenever I see an Irish word I mean that's the thing Irish, I love being name checked by anyone like as in, you know even when like you're mm. watching The Simpsons and they mention Irish people you're like yeah that's us mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's when people use it um, and then don't check you, and then it's wrong you kind of think like why did you use it why don't like why don't you care enough to get it right mm-hmm. and what does it mean in the story if it's just something you made up and if it's just they want to add the illusion of Irishness yeah okay but like it's just it's like they don't think it's a living culture or something mm-hmm. that they actually should check up on or have correct yeah and almost as if it's um almost as if it's like mood music yeah uh, which it isn't Irish-ish <laughs> Irish-ish yes <laughs> yeah. I mean obviously like I started the Irish 4 before I mean being my, my my Irish was very good and it was something I did as part of the learning process and I, I couldn't get over how willing people were to help me out mm-hmm. um, and then this mythology about you know kind of these um defensive kind of um, um, Irish speakers who are kind of are hostile I mean that's you could count them on one hand yeah I found I was, like, you, you couldn't make a soccer team out of them I do I think it's interesting like I used to feel that fear a lot coming from the background that I had yeah. um, I used to always be afraid that there was like this secret room of people who would like be judging everything that I did wrong yeah and then what happened it was like someday I was writing because I write in English and in Irish and I write poetry um, so you can be a bit kind of win poetry. You can use the language in strange ways, you know, mm-hmm. which is just kind of an advantage, I suppose, if you're not a hundred percent native speaker, which yeah. I'm obviously not, or a hundred percent even fluent. Um, so, um, yeah, I was writing and I was just like getting really upset. I think because somebody corrected my grammar that day or something, and then I realized I never have to write in Irish ever again. I never have to do anything in Irish ever yeah. again. I owe Irish nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like I mean. I've, I don't mean that in a bad way. What I mean is like, if anyone ever gives out to me about Irish, like they don't own the language yeah. and I don't own the language and I never even have to use that language again. I have another one, um, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And like, I actually don't really mind about making mistakes. And I felt so free when I realized that. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you know what? It's fine. Yeah. It's, and that's the thing that, you know, we, we, we use, I mean, I've made grammatical mistakes in English whilst I'm sitting here speaking to you <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you haven't scolded me. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're ruining the language, though. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a shocking, beha- my whole behaviour is shocking. I said comma when I meant apostrophe just there earlier. You may have heard, and yeah, so I'm I, clearly I can't be taken anywhere. Yeah, but it's okay, and I think even just say like this year, just I'm listening to kneecap and something like that. It's um, it's yes, you, when you when a person starts talking again, you will make mistakes, and it's okay, and the world won't end, and then you'll 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 speak a bit more bravely the next time. Like mm. make, you'll laugh it off, and then gradually you'll just find you won't realise how quickly you get better. That, and that's the thing I think I was being so hard on myself like when I say that I, I realised I never had to speak it that was just when you realise there is this possibility there because I was so like I mean I spend I don't know how long every single day just looking at Irish words you know mm-hmm. like, I'm not saying that that's even an option or something I'm considering but like it's just the, to realise that what you're doing is not something that you need to do and mm-hmm. like when people are mean to you about grammar pronunciation like that they don't have to affect your life and you're like mm. actually you know what water off a duck's back it's fine and yeah and and, and the context of what correctness is because say when you're um if you're doing serious etymological research or and you're a linguist then the fact that tear as a country sounds like tear like a teardrop in english that's meaningless and it's bad etymology and you're wrong 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 but if you're poet that overlap in meaning means everything <laughs> it's just wonderful yes of course tears and countries are uh, intimately linked from a poetic point of view not not from a linguistic point of view but yes I'll, we will I mean why not use that Owen P. O'Murk who did um, a homophonic I don't know if that's the right word poem mm-hmm. so he 
<laughs> at rec recently in the Irish Writers Centre, he had um, like images coming up on the screen in English and the audience had to read out what they were in English. Mm-hmm. So it was like he had tear, mm-hmm. a teardrop. And but it was like, it was ice thawing and then tear. And then he went through the whole thing. But basically we had to repeat it and from the images and say it again. And it was the it was that uh, poem, Tear in Oog. Hot Tear in Oog, a cool on tea. Oh. And we, we said it from the English words on the screen from the pictures. Oh, it was amazing. Oh, that sounds brilliant. Yeah. That's, oh, he's, um, he's some fellow, he's some writer. He's amazing. He's mm-hmm. very clever. And obviously uh, that the fact that the word for fluent sounds like the river that runs through our city. Leofa. <laughs> Radio Nalifa. Is that not, was that not a pun or not? Radio Nalifa. Yeah. Well, probably not a pun. I don't know. I think it is a pun. I'm After just like, the fact. I was just trying to think of something smarter to say that. <laughs> can we edit something cool in? Yes, we can. <laughs> we can do this thing. This, uh, the French refer to this phenomenon as l'esprit d'escalier oh, when, yeah. you, when you think of what you meant to say after the party. On the stairs. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's, yeah, absolutely. If you think of something smart to say, Brian will edit it back in. I'll send it in. And it'll just be really <laughs> obvious, like totally different voice, background noise, and everything. N A S A A. Neil Ach Sail a Warn a Gut. And that's basically Irish text speak for YOLO. Care. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't always enjoy Facebook, but I do enjoy memes and memes and Gaelga. Um yeah, I I'm actually worried about memes and Gaelga. It's kinda of going to die. Because it used to be really um people used to send in things. And I used to mm-hmm. spend my life making memes and I've been really busy with other things for the last while and um I've tried to get other people on board. Yeah. But I think everyone has their own memes mm-hmm. now, you know, so it's not really like a a central page thing anymore so but I'd love to get people involved so I'd love to just have loads of admins mm-hmm. so that memes and Gaelga is always going because it has like 25,000 likes or something well there you go on I Facebook mean, yeah I mean it's because obviously you see things like our Ireland Simpsons fans which have a certain amount of uh, user generated and maybe maybe this is the, the maybe the approach is a group rather than um, a page I don't know but it's yeah. um, but obviously that we uh Every now and then, someone comes out with a spectacular uh, pun, uh, and that needs to be shared. Looks like the hug mate, hug tooth, hug shape, yeah. hug life. <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's what, when music like started off. Um, it was it was a long time ago, and it was just when memes kind of started out. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was so great that it was going on for so long. But now there's so many different pages. But the thing I liked about memes de Gregor is that. I would like go to all the different pages because I'm like always like creeping on everything about Irish on the internet. <laughs> like I know exactly <laughs> what's happening at all times and I'd get them all and put them on Memes de Guelga to make sure that everyone saw them. So that's why I liked it kind of as a central network and I'd always link to the original one too. Yes. Um. So I would love if people who are interested in memes and it was funny because I think I met someone um, out and someone said like she's Memes de Guelga because like <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know it's like a secret like Batman. Um, and then he was like, I'm Dini on sesh. And I was like, what? <laughs> Where's the Crumlin Shopping Centre? Like, like, oh, so he said maybe we could like do some stuff together. So, um, yeah, I'll see. That's fantastic. If anyone wants to get involved in memes, you get in contact, please. Absolutely. And uh, there's a Sroth Victor page as well, isn't there, on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, because this is, this is uh, the, the Sroth whole phenomenon happened long after I was in school. And, but I just... um. I just think it's gas. They, you get to talk about a comic strip and get 40% of your marks for it. Is that it's 40%, isn't it? Well, the entire oral, and obviously the strophic is, is part uh, of the oral, but, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, but yeah, gosh, go for it, you know. Money, <laughs> money for jam, as my old Irish teacher would say. <laughs> but you've got some other um, activities coming up in TG Car. Oh, yeah, I've got a TV show on... Yay! <laughs> yeah, it's my first time presenting a show. <gasps> really excited. It's a documentary. Fui Noiru Erlina. So, online shaming. 
Oh. Yeah, it really got me thinking a lot about online shaming um, and how we use it. Because I think even like the Irish language community use it a lot. There was a man a while back and he was complaining. And I, there's a, I think I have a, I suppose a theory of, um, of things going viral on the internet is that there needs to be a strong visual image. And this person was complaining about how Irish was, how I, he wasted all his time in school doing Irish and he left school, he wasn't able to boil an egg. Oh and God. suddenly yeah, yeah. egg gate happened or ov- <laughs> got an ov- I know, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then it just, the thing is, because if he, lots of people complain about Irish kind of um, carelessly, but the fact that he gave us this egg image, mm. it just, you know, it grew legs and ran away. <laughs> the egg, Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe he is no longer on the internet. That's the thing though, it's like we use it in like kind of a light-hearted way, but it is for discipline. Mm. We're disciplining people with whom we do not agree. Yes. And we're getting all of our friends ganging up against them and that's kind of a lighter version of online shaming and then it it, it obviously exists in, in worse ways as well. So I talked to people who had been like, who had been what like had revenge porn made of them mm. and sextortion and and just like people like really serious things as well as people who've been like there's like dairy farmers who are being online shamed by vegans oh so it's actually like, on spatial like there's a, a lot of different facets to it and i spoke to kind of experts about the laws about online harassment and stuff like that so the fuel shantori you wouldn't want to <laughs> <laughs> meat denier. so yeah. Yeah. It's hardcore and but it's um that sounds fascinating because it's I suppose it's something obviously as uh, we, we both um uh, we both promote and um, promote Irish on the internet and it's something yeah. we're very aware of and part of that it's something that it can be very easy to get sucked into and while you say objective well I'd never I'd never participate in something like that. Mm. You you know, it's it's so easy to get sucked in or to even even participate by just liking stuff. And that's it by liking, retweeting. And I think what I kind of came to think by the end of the program was that just the, the way we act online is just not the same as we act in reality. Yeah. And something has to be done about that. Like people leave horrible comments on my YouTube videos, like about my appearance. And like, it's just so strange. Like, because they wouldn't do it in reality. You know, yeah. no one comes up to you in reality and says, I think you're ugly. It's yeah. that kind of way. But they do it online. So I don't know what they're trying to achieve or like, and they, they, they do ridiculous things that like they try and correct you and things and they're actually wrong. It's like, I don't think you'd do that in reality. You know, mm. you wouldn't put keyboard warriors. Um, it's, yeah. it's the strangest, it's, it's the strangest thing. And, and the, as was the keyboard, one of the things, and you may have experienced this yourself, is block shaming. The idea that if someone is actually annoying you and you block them, they screen grab, oh, you know, Derek has blocked me, you know. Oh. I just want to start a conversation about Irish and obviously this this man does not want to be corrected or this man does not want to be, can't handle a slight disagreement. block shaming. Um, yeah, and the idea is, you know, actually, I, I, I'm fairly sure I can block whoever I like. As if blocking someone is, you know, is a horribly rude thing to do. And it's it's something that people, it's a tool that people are entitled to use and mm-hmm. and often need to use. And particularly because they, um, a lot of the contributors to this podcast have been using their appeal shield. And then people are saying, well, I think it's it's very interesting that, you know, um, that all of you Irish language types are all, uh, are all blocking or excluding a certain group of people who just want to learn Irish. Mm. That, that their appeal shield wasn't working on people who just wanted to learn Irish. It was working on a different kind of group and, you know, it wasn't picking people lightly, but it was just a, it was just the strangest thing because there's the, there's the veneer of respectability of, of just wanting debate. Yeah. I, it's a very interesting kind of new playgrounds that we mm. have to deal with or battleground even. 
Um, and like, I don't even know the rules. You know, when you find out someone else has blocked and you're like, oh, should yeah. I block? Should I mute? Like what? Mm-hmm. But I, I've never actually had to use it myself. Um, but it is interesting. And like even the laws around what people are doing, because it's so, like you said, you can explain things away online. Yeah. As like, I was just trying to engage in a conversation. Whereas in reality, like if you're following someone around doing something, like it's very clear that it's harassment or we because there's much more years of description yeah. of what is what. But now it's this new area that we're not sure about and we just don't really know. It's like this person answers every single thing I write. Like someone said that to me. It was um, Stephanie Preisner and I was interviewing her mm. and she said some one person was in, was just answering every single thing she wrote. He must have had like an alert turned on or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that even that, like that feels like harassment even though it's just answering. So it's, it's kind of, a, it's a gray area. Like we don't know yet. Yeah. It's the future. I had that as well. So a person is just replying to every single thing. I was, you know, you, you're, you don't owe everyone a reply. You don't, people don't owe every single person a response, you know. That is stressful, isn't it? Yes. Like, sometimes I feel like I owe everyone a response. And if I go away for a week and I don't go on Twitter and you come back and you're like, I hope they all know that I mm. was away because I'm not going to catch up. It's not, yep. it's not an email. You know, it's an invite to a conversation, I think, that you can decline because you're out having yes. fun. <laughs> and this is the thing. And this is, um, someone was talking recently. This is, uh, it's been a lot of discussion about the, the phenomenon of being extremely online. There was, uh, and I think it was an, it was an agony on calm when someone said that this uh, young woman said she met this guy who was hilarious online. And she was charming and he had a nice profile pic. And, you know, and they agreed and things. They met. And when, he, when they met in person, he loses on his phone all the time. Oh, because of course he was. Because <laughs> of course he was. was. Yeah. And it's and the thing is, I, I you know, obviously, like, I, I, I'd like to think that offline I'm delightful. <laughs> and, <laughs> You're <but> lovely, <laughs> especially in that shirt. Well, thank you very much. And that's um, so like I like to think yes, when particularly when um, you know, you, you want to spend the, the people who are close to me in my actual life, you know, I want to mm. give them my full attention. And at the same time, though, it's um, you you often find because we're still using offline um, politeness codes for online, the idea that if someone speaks to you and you give them an answer. Or, yeah, it's a kind of yeah. an odd, but I have weird rules, and that's the thing. I think you have to kind of make it really clear what your rules are. So when someone mm-hmm. contacts me on Twitter, f- Instagram or Facebook about something like official or businessy, yeah, I always give them my email and I say, here's my email, let's talk. Yeah. Because then like email is very official. Like it's just, you go in and you answer it and it's all, but I hate it when I, someone then, sometimes then I send someone an email and they reply to me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, like, sirens are going off in my head, but I know that they don't have the same rules so I can't be angry. And then I just kind mm-hmm. of gently nudge them back. And I reply on fa- on gmail again and then they reply on facebook and i'm like <laughs> rocking myself but i yeah you try and train them mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah particularly if you have someone is, is, is approaching every single channel it's like ah i didn't realize how much of my because they say something like like i rarely use instagram and i kind mm. of i have i hardly i only really follow people actually I've, I've met in real life and most of my photos are just um it tends to be either photographs of, of the sunrise on my way to work or, or or baby pictures and and so when people come to me on instagram i may not i may not see it for a month Yes, I'm the same. And mm-hmm. I like lost a, a really nice opportunity to get published because I got contacted on Instagram and I didn't see it um, because if you, it doesn't show you messages if you go on your like phone browser mm-hmm. and I don't have the app because I try and not have apps as much mm-hmm. as possible. Um, yeah, so every, I mean, this is so funny that we're now talking about like <laughs> <laughs> how to how to contact people online. But people at home might be like, Kira, you're crazy. Stop trying to enforce your weird rules. But like <laughs> everyone can have their own rules though, can't they? Definitely. The first rule is don't pick up the phone. Don't pick up the phone. If, <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. Someone had it. They're like, don't call me. Like, don't call me out of the blue unless you're like my boyfriend or my friend. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, 
it's so true. Like, I don't like when people call me out of the blue and you're like just out of the gym and they're like, hi, can I talk about this business thing? Like, other, but like, again, I obviously have these mm. weird rules. I remember yeah, when uh, in my early 20s, I remember there was, uh, we were just, someone said, you know, if you're breaking up with someone has to do a phone call, you can't break up by text this is the big thing. The the breakup text was, yeah. uh, was, was, and eventually, yes, people started just using that and it became a norm. But that, you know, no one tells you, yes, this is now okay. There's no, like, Anne Doyle doesn't come on the news and say, breakup by text is now acceptable. Yeah. Laws been passed in the Senate, you know, it's a. Uh, I don't think that's acceptable. Do you think that's acceptable? Well, I'm not, I'm so far from that world now, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I've, like, yeah, divorced by, but leaving leaving someone's wife or her husband by text would be very much unacceptable. I think that would uh, have massive ramifications. But, but yeah, you, when, you can't enter or exit any personal relationships in text, I don't think, can you? I, I'd, I'd, find it, I'd find it a bit chilly now. Who would, I mean, if someone broke up you by text, you'd just be thanking yourself that... <laughs> you're not involved with that person yeah you'd, you'd like to think it's something that maybe it's it's fairly early stage and some yeah. will say it's better than ghosting oh yeah or like Tyve Shore like Tyve Shore look, is that right yeah Tyve Shore so okay Go, yeah oh, and they just don't talk to you ever again yeah the, the kind of um, and that's that's that's, that's it's, it's own thing but you know, so it's it's a delicate balancing act everyone has their own boundaries I mm-hmm. guess yeah and mad notions about what's acceptable and often just, and, and yeah and sometimes it's even weird what, tell me exactly where your boundaries are it's like so you're just going to come right up to my boundary and kind of like <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to stand and you know like stand in Uri and just wave there's no uh, people some people see things very black and white yeah mm-hmm. and um, but then there's I think it's all grey really mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it all comes down, as with everything, to language and communication. <laughs> to language, which yeah. brings us back to the subject of the podcast. It certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners about? Um, oh, I can't think of anything now. So that 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 um program taboo is part of a series on TG Cahard, um, about different aspects of kind of Irish society, and it's so good. TG Cahar, the subjects that um, are covered in TG Cahar are so much more progressive many is the time mm-hmm. than the other national broadcaster um, <laughs> who shall not be named. Um, like th- this this series covered random acts of violence, um, mm-hmm. rural decline and everyone, like that's, people are talking about that a lot with the closing of the post offices of course. And Owen McDermott did a programme that was the one about the random acts of violence because he got attacked. Mm-hmm. He has no sense of smell or taste anymore since he was attacked randomly oh. on the street. It's crazy. You should definitely watch that episode and a lot of other people who were just attacked randomly. Um, and then Darren Cannon did one on CBD oil and how like it's being given to children who have like epilepsy and seizures and how it's so good. But like I didn't know anything about CBD oil and it, the, the programme was so informative and like I don't mm. think you'd be getting that on RT. So... So they did a um, T.G. Carr did a brilliant documentary a while back on um, um, British pop music and the Irish roots of uh, the Irish parentage of between the Beatles, the Smiths, and Oasis. Did they? And it was and obviously the Pogues as well. And it I was just that. um, it was just outstanding. It was just really interesting. The kind of the, the phenomenon, how the kind of the the plastic paddy mentality was shaped by completely different forces than the um, than the Irish American mentalities and mm. kind of attitudes. In that the Irish American was formed by people leaving a country that wasn't fully theirs and that was kind of robbed from. Them, whereas a lot of the Irish community in Britain were leaving a failed republic. Interesting. And they said they had a very different sensibility. Yeah. And they, people, like I didn't, I lived in London for a year and it was only then that I really understood um, how much people who are, have Irish parents in England feel Irish. Mm-hmm. You know, because like a, so a guy in the office who in my mind, like I was what, 22 at the time, you know, in my mind was just this English man. It was when um, Michael D visited um mm-hmm. 
England and he said isn't it great that our president's over here and I like in his English accent which I won't even attempt and I was looking at him like our president and then that's when I really copped about like and I've learned a lot since then that was my first time living abroad and being in America obviously I learned about shades of identity and and all of Mm -hmm. that um but yeah, I have to watch that program. I hope mm-hmm. it's on the players still. I hope so. It's, uh, it was a while back now, but it was okay. it's just so uh, this is great. It's um, a fantastic national resource. So, um, where can people find you online? You can find me on Misha Kira, M I S E C I A R A, which is a very uninventive name that I set up on Twitter when I got my first smartphone um, back years ago. And as was pointed out to me, um, I missed a trick because I could have called myself Shakira. <gasps> Shakira, Shakira. But, you can still change. Uh, I know. I think it's, the brand is huge. Mm. <laughs> no, I just—it's my name on everything. You know, mm. it's my email address. It's everything. But it's too late. It's not too late for people at home. So before you pick your Twitter handles, think, think. Mm. You know, <laughs> think, have, think, think. Yeah, have a good think. <laughs> I just did it in a rush. But there's so many people with the same name. It's everyone. Just this is you know, Misha, Misha, whatever. There's a few Mishas out there. So I have YouTube. I have SoundCloud. I have uh, Facebook. Uh, like page I have a Twitter and I have an email address I have a lot of different things so all and on, I have Rec on the Mishikira brand all on the Mishikira brand and I have Rec and what else do I do or EIC or EIC and I'd love people to come tell a story do a poem and um, we're going to have a, the next night will be on January and then of course we'll have a lovely birthday Rec in me on Vorta um, so depending on when you're listening to this um, yeah come along please I'd love to meet you fantastic so it's a slant from me. Slangafolin. Catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, Motherfucker comes out every Friday in the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you can't wait that long to your next podcast fix, may I recommend some of Headstuff's other wonderful shows, including Juvenalia with Alan, Ellen, and Sarah they talk to a different interesting person about the pop culture they loved when they were a child and there is up to 90 which is all about the 90s if you want to contact the show motherfucker at headstuff.org thanks to Kirsten Shield for the artwork thanks to Brian for producing and thanks to all the backroom team at Headstuff for making it happen Slangafall This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network Money for jam lads <laughs>